So Apple held its big iPhone event at the end of 2019 yesterday and announced a ton of new products, some services, and then also didn't announce some things that Jason and I kind of had take some issues with. I'm Jason Cipriani. I have Jason Perlow here with me. This is Jason Squared. And today we're going to talk iPhone 11. So Jason, let's dive in, probably start with the services here since that's how Apple started its event. Let's kind of talk about what Apple announced services wise Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, and then we'll move on from there. I do think, Jason, that it's notable that they led with services at this event. You know, they didn't go right into the hardware, bang. They spend a good, I'm gonna say 30, 40 minutes on services before we even went into the, the iPhone 11 part of the event um, and the Apple Watch part of the event. So what I think what's notable is, is that they're, they're going in with a very cheap cost of entry for some of these things. Um, Apple TV Plus, we thought it was gonna be, I thought it was gonna be at least $10 a month, if not more. They're going in at $4.99 a month. Um, they're also giving it away for free for the first year with any new device purchase from a, of an iPhone, a Mac, an iPad, uh, or an Apple TV device, which they haven't refreshed yet, but I think that's, we think that's gonna be coming. Um, and then it'll be $5 a month after. Uh, for those of you who you know who go ahead and, and do the uh, the new device purchase this year, and they're also I believe going to have a, a one month trial. Right, the first thirty days is free to see if you like it. Now there isn't a ton of shows that they have off the start. Right, I mean you can't really compare this with a Netflix or with one of uh, Disney owning Hulu now. Uh, you know, with tens of thousands of programs and things on there. But you know, Apple. You know, this is a company that's got I don't know two hundred billion dollars plus in cash they can pretty much finance any shows they want uh, with top talent. You know, I mean, you see that they've got Jennifer Aniston and quite a few other people uh, and some of these other programs that they have coming out. And they do look pretty compelling with really high uh, production quality type of stuff that you would typically see out of an HBO or one of the more expensive um, Netflix productions. So um, I'm actually quite excited to see what they've got coming out. Um, Apple Arcade looks really good. Uh, for $4.99 with 100 games. I mean, frankly, I think I now have to think twice about that Nintendo Switch you told me to buy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think if you got a kid, uh, I wonder if that's, you know, if you give them one of those iPod touches for 200 bucks, um, that gives them a whole bunch of other things besides the games, $4.99 a month. That's, that's not a bad deal, you know, for like, you know, game snacking type of things. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not necessarily getting the, the most serious, you know, three-dimensional immersive games necessarily, but these are, you know, arc this looks like arcade type things that, that look like they're fun to play. And if you get 100 of them a month, uh, 100 of them to start, all you can eat for $4.99 a month. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Right, with new games every month, released yeah. every month. And these are exclusive games to iOS. Apple's working directly with the developers and the studios on these games, and they'll only be found in Apple Arcade. And yeah. that $4.99 a month, I want to point out, especially you bring up kids, is eligible for family sharing. So if you have family sharing set up like I do, you know, I have five people in my family sharing group, you pay $4.99 a month and it applies to everybody. That's oh, the kids get the games, they get it. Yeah, that's not $4.99 per device, that's for everyone. As for Apple TV Plus, I think the $4.99 pricing makes sense because they don't have content. They don't have the catalog that Disney is gonna have or that uh, Netflix has now or Hulu. So the $4.99 makes sense if you're someone who hasn't bought a new iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple TV. Yep. The free year makes even more sense if you think of it from the point of view that millions of people are going to buy new iPhones starting on Friday. Uh, the free year trial kicks in November, November 1st, which also means that they have a year 
to build their catalog. Yes. And then raise the price at the end of that year. The, I think the terms read your, after the year trial, you begin paying monthly at the current price. Right. I don't see that 499 sticking around past that year trial. I just don't, you know, and it makes sense though, when you look at it from their catalog is nothing now. They have, you know, yep. maybe 20 shows, movies announced. Paying each month for that, not really worth it, especially when subscription fatigue is a thing right now. So, yeah, I'm excited. I agree with you. It's a huge um, change for Apple to start with services right away. Usually that's something after they announce the hardware, they kind of talk about, hey, by the way, and this is the service that'll come with it. But no, they, they kicked off and they went right into Apple TV Plus and Apple Arcade, yeah. which both of them look great. Yeah, and it's clear to me this is how Apple is going to build the future of its ecosystems of services. If you look at all the things that you want to combine as part of what digital lifestyle and digital experience is, you've got games, you've got video, you've got the traditional, you know, this Apple Music now, which of course is now cloud enabled. You don't necessarily need an Apple device to consume it now, which I think is a big deal. Um, you have TV, video, games. Um, now you've got card, financial services. Um, and of course, you're going to be adding, you know, all the digital health related stuff that's going to be happening. So um, they're, they're basically want to own the entire consumer experience end to end. Um, you know, I think that, you know, everyone was kind of waiting for the flashy new thing with the iPhone with this. But I think the, the real the real story at this at this particular event was was Apple's future services, in my opinion. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see how cross-platform they go with all of their services, right? Part of being a services company, I would imagine, isn't forcing everyone into your hardware stack at all times. Yes. They've kind of shown that by opening up Apple Music to Sonos. They just launched on the web a week or two ago, or I think it was last week, uh, right before the event. Uh, you know, they're on Android. So how many of these services are eventually, are we going to see an Apple TV Plus app on Android? That'd be pretty cool if we did. It you would know? be very cool, yeah. I mean, but I know we're going to be seeing it on Roku and some of the other connected TVs. So I'm, I'm actually debating whether or not I should replace my Roku at Premiere at this point with, with the new Apple TV it comes out. But, you know, if it works, it works. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. So we, we cover services. Apple does a great job with those, announcing them. What else, what hardware did we see yesterday um, at the event? So, you know, uh, we saw the new Apple Watch, the Series 5. It is really not compelling you to upgrade to this, from this thing. I got the Series 4 last year. It's a great, it's a great watch, but they took it off the lineup, um, and they're keeping the, the Series 3. Now, what I thought was interesting is that the Series 3 is now $200. That's yeah. a great entry-level price for that. that that's really going to take everyone who was on the fence on having a health tracker watch, and they're going to say, yeah, okay, now I guess I need to own one. That's a big deal. Um, the Series 5... Some minor differences. Honestly, the, the always on screen doesn't turn me on, honestly, to have really? it. It's not enough for me to change it, right? I think I would need a couple extra sensors on the device besides the um, <coughs> besides the 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 the, the compass. Yeah. The one. I, I asked my wife yesterday who doesn't who does not wear an Apple Watch or sports watch of any any kind. I'm like, uh, you want my series four? <laughs> series five came out. I'm like, she's like, nah. So I guess I'm keeping this for another year or so until 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 there's some other additional improvements. I would like to see a you know blood oxygenation sensor. I'd like to see a couple other things before I I, I go ahead and trade this in or, or or give it to somebody else. So I recently reviewed the Fitbit Versa Two, which is a hundred ninety nine dollar smartwatch that does more fitness stuff than smartwatch stuff, and I think it does 
the limited set of smartwatch functions like notifications and watch faces and a few yeah. very limited set of apps. I think it does that stuff really well. And there is definitely a market, a segment of the market that uh, people don't want to watch that does all of this stuff, receive phone calls on it, you know, have a right. speaker and, and all the extra stuff that the Apple watch does. And it's $199. But now Apple has the series three priced at $199 and it, includes the extra benefits that only Apple can provide through the Apple watch. It's almost a no brainer not to get completely the a no brainer. I want, I don't even know why you consider another product at that yeah, price. point. I mean, that price point is a direct shot at Fitbit at the galaxy watch active, all the competing now, watches that iOS users kind of had an option for series three is a huge improvement. I, I think honestly, they would need to port the Apple watch app to Android to, to, to suck up additional market share. Um, I mean, they, they. I mean, it would help them tremendously with that. It yeah, would that's a that's a slippery slope, though. I mean, Android is so messy when it gets to stuff like that, integrating accessories like that. It it would be interesting. I I've never even considered them doing that. But well, they would have to build that with the for Android, would, which would also be problematic, right? Yeah. But it's so. But but to grab all the iOS users that didn't have a watch, that's 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 pretty low cost of entry. Yeah, and as far as the Series 5 goes, um, you're right. It's not a huge upgrade. The processor didn't even get a boost. No. Um, it's the same speed as the Series 4. It has all the same core ECG hearing stuff that the Series 4 has. Uh, the always-on display, I think, is interesting. It is appealing to me because at least once or twice a day, I do the whole, why isn't my watch lighting up thing, you know, and I have to look at my wrist. Like, but, you know, I got this whole flip thing where, where, where it, it, it comes alive, right? So it's like... Yeah, exactly. Now, if they would have included, and it was rumored that it was going to happen yesterday, if they would have included sleep tracking with the Series 5, in addition to the always-on display, that would have been compelling. It would have been a no-brainer. I would have upgraded. The watch went on sale immediately after the event. It doesn't ship until September 20th, but I would have upgraded yesterday. I would have bought it, had it ordered, and on the way. Uh, but the always-on display, I don't know. It's not all that compelling. Maybe if you're a series two or even a series three owner that is ready to make that leap to a bigger display, then, uh, then it, you know, was compelling enough, but it also did not increase the overall battery life of the, of the device. It's the same 18 hours. At, at uh, what, that's with cool. always on display, which I think is impressive. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they, they, no, it's cool. But, but I mean, if, if I could get two days out of it, you know, as opposed to a day, I, I would have thought about it. You know, well, I mean, disabled always on display. It's not you're not interested by that, anyways. Disable that feature, and I bet you'd squeeze two days out of it. I'm I have curious, the cellular. I would if someone does some benchmarking reports, and that's the case. Maybe I will do it. You know, it's, yeah. It's, I have the cellular model, and when I leave cellular turned off, I'll get two days out of my Series Four, no problem. I keep my I keep all my crap on all the time. I, I didn't even think about turning off the cellular, but uh, yeah, you know. I, I've I've done it during reviews just to test and. It, you know, two days is no problem when you turn cellular off on the Apple Watch uh, that has cellular service. So Apple Watch was announced, eh, nothing great. I mean, always on display is kind of cool, but not really interested in upgrading. One of the things I'm excited about that they announced yesterday, though, is the new iPad. And this the is- The lower-end iPad refresh. Is yeah, this is the standard, what used to be a 9.7-inch iPad is now a 10.2-inch display, and it, now works with Apple's smart keyboard cover as well as Apple Pencil. It already worked with Apple Pencil. The keyboard is the new addition here. That's which, a Chromebook killer, by the way, in my opinion. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday after the event. You know, we've been talking about getting our oldest daughter a laptop. 
um, and they, or a Chromebook, and they spend a lot of time in Google Classroom, Google Sheets. There's, it's a no-brainer now. If, if we were forced to make that decision today, it would be this 10.2-inch iPad with the smart yes. keyboard cover. The most reliable product we can get her, and it's going to work with everything, especially with iPad OS and the new desktop class browser. Uh, it, it, you know, at $329, for the the tablet itself, and then I don't I don't know what yeah. the keyboard it's, it's, is. It's probably around 100 bucks. So we're looking at 450 bucks. I mean, you can't really beat that for the reliability that you get from an iPad. No, not at all. Going on beyond education, I think there's probably some business uses here as well, isn't there? There are quite a few. I would definitely definitely in the I would say especially if you buy a hardened case for it in the uh, the vertical market space, it definitely makes fleet deployment of these devices much cheaper. Um, especially if you're in the restaurant business, you know, and you want to put like a, a, a credit card reader on there, you want to start taking Apple Pay, all kinds of stuff. You know, I would say that uh, the, the, the full size uh, $329 new iPad is probably a, a good deal. Yeah, the only thing is it's 32 gigs. That's going to be taken up pretty fast. Uh, it's 429 for, I think, 128 gigs of storage. So yeah. you probably end up upgrading, but even at that price point, it's still a pretty big deal. Uh, and you know, something I was reading about yesterday is iOS 13 and iPad OS has a new feature for enterprise called user enrollment. And basically what it is, it now allows enterprises to install an MDM profile to manage the device. But instead of taking over the entire device, there's a dedicated Apple ID for that enterprise account. Now. Oh, very cool. You could actually separate information, separate personal and work. And so if you were to leave a company and you had user enrollment, uh, it, activated and the cor corporate entity wants to erase all their information they wipe their apps their information and your personal stuff stays the same this is cool yeah i mean apple's been kind of slow to the mdm game this sort of separating personal and enterprise has been done in android and, and windows for for at least five years now um yeah. uh, apple really hasn't had it uh now that they do have it i think that's i think that's 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 really key uh yeah. google's had it with android at work where it literally creates two basically partitions on the on the drive of the phone on the storage of the phone and you have your work and, and your personal and when you're done with the work it you know it's deleted off your phone so apple's finally catching up here which i think is great still have a ton of digging in to do to that with that but um it, it certainly is appealing so what was the star of the show what, what was the whole reason Apple had the event yesterday, Jason? The new iPhone 11, right? So the big star of the event, obviously, was the new iPhone. Um, the, the, the X, oops, the, the, the 10R has now been replaced with the base level 11. And the 11, um, main difference, of course, is the, um, you have the new 813 Bionic chip, which now yep. Places the A12. Uh, it has, I believe, it is a two by four, meaning two main processors, four uh, slower uh, throttleable processors, plus additional machine learning chips that will increase the the, the computational capabilities for things like, you know, uh, AR and for image processing. Those sort of things that we've seen in Google devices and 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 competitors such as Samsung and Huawei. Um, the stuff that we've been saying they really have needed to been doing the last two years or so, we're going to be able to see that now uh, an advanced uh, image in, uh, you know, kind of neural processing of, of certain types of things. There's two cameras. Uh, one is a, a wide field camera and one is their, their regular, uh, their zoom camera, right? So they're well, both. 
It has a regular wide and then an ultra wide. They got rid of the zoom. Wide and, wide and an ultra wide yeah. in, the base, in the base level model, which I think is going to be great. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, the, and the pictures do look awesome. I mean, I'm going to have to test it against my, my 10, my 10 S max, you know, when it gets here, I may have to, I may do some, some side testing for, for a day before I send it back, but they do look quite impressive. Um, maybe I won't need to buy a Google device and use it as my, as my, as my main camera. If, if, if the, if, if the, if the shots are this good, um, there is also some improvements in the screen technology. Apparently there's some nit in, in vastly increased nit brightness. Uh, on, on the pro models, yeah, the the standard iPhone 11 still has an LCD display. There were rumors. I thought it was I thought it was going to be all that across the board. They didn't do there that. There were rumors that it was, but they ended up sticking with LCD. The two new phones, the Pro and the Pro Max, the the bigger phones, um, have OLED and it improved. I think it's up to 800 nits brightness, but it's adaptive and um, you know, so the screens are supposed to be vastly improved. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was sort of the, 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 the basic iPhone 11. Um, we didn't get USB charging. We didn't get uh, wireless. Uh, so we didn't get USB-C. We didn't get reverse uh, QI charging. Uh, we didn't get pen support in either any of the models. Uh, but the true stars were the, of course, the pro versions with the, with the triple cameras, um, the new uh, stainless steel uh, glass sandwich construction on them. Um, they're nice looking phones. Of course, I'm going to put, end up putting an ugly case on mine. But you got to quit that, man. They're rugged now. They can withstand better. You know, it's toughest glass ever used in a smartphone, according to Apple. It's, it's not going to withstand my wife throwing it on the patio. Uh, so, so that that you don't you don't take Apple's word for it. No, no, and they I also doubled <laughs> they also doubled the water resistance as well. It's still IP68, but I think it's four yes. meters instead of two meters at 30 minutes, which should help with the occasional dunk in a beer and whatever else you may have. Um, I think the star of the show for me through the pro line, I love the new names. I could do without the iPhone 11 Pro and iPhone 11 Pro Max. I would have rather had just iPhone 11 Pro or iPhone Pro. One of Pro those. Plus would have been fine on the big yeah. one. Yeah, Max is just such a weird name involved in all of it. Like, I, I don't, I don't I'm know. Th I'm gonna end up calling the, the one with, with the three cameras and the big one, the King Ghidorah edition, you know, cause you got like Ghidorah from the, uh, from the Godzilla movies with the, with the three heads. You yeah, know? right. Right, so like, you know, that's King Ghidorah. So the um, machine learning and the AI aspects and the processing of camera functionality i think is probably the most appealing aspect of the new iphones in general they have a night mode now like we've yeah. been talking about that privately and in past videos for months that iphone needs a night mode in their camera and what that means is you could take basically a picture in a very dimly lit room and instead of having to have your flash come on and blind everyone and blow out all the you know the picture it uses AI to detect when there's not enough light to capture a pro proper picture and automatically takes a night mode photo. You don't have to do anything on your own. I think this is finally catching up to Google, which is I think two years in the making now. Um, Samsung has this feature as well. The ultra wide lens is gonna help with all of this because you don't have to zoom out uh, with your feet. You could actually press the button and zoom out. So you're, it's gonna open up a wide range of uh, possibilities, not only with pictures, but with video. And they showed a ton of video stuff yesterday, which I thought was appealing, but realistically, I don't think most people are going to use iPhone Pro, iPhone 11 Pro in that kind of setting. Yes, it showed off its capabilities, but it was a little exaggerated for my liking. Um, so 
the cameras are a huge upgrade. Like you said, we didn't get reverse wireless charging. We didn't get USB-C charging, although that five watt charger is no longer in the box. Yeah, we get the 18 watt. We have an 18 watt USB-C to lightning charger included in the box. So your phone's gonna charge faster now. You're not gonna have to spend extra money to make it happen. Thank you, Apple, for doing that, finally. Yeah. Um, you combine that with the fact that they lowered the price of the iPhone 11 by 50 bucks, $699. For the iPhone 11 is a steal. I mean, especially now when phones are. I will say this: the the sleeper at the event. Yeah, we got all these new iPhone 11s. The sleeper at this iPhone at this event is the iPhone 8. Think so? Yes. Oh wait, that's because of your Touch ID. That that that's no. Well, yes, Touch ID, but okay, Okay. we're talking about four hundred and forty-nine dollars at an entry level price for this phone. Now, all these people that were iPhone 6 hold-ons, right? Like yeah. my mom um, and my mother-in-law who has a, um, an Android phone that's ready to die at this point from Verizon. I don't want her to buy another Android because it, it, she keeps getting infected with something every other week. Um, I want her to have something that's gonna be re- reliable and that you can walk into a store if it breaks. Um, that iPhone 6 is now worth $60. Uh, at trade-in. So that's a $389 trade-in on that phone, which quite frankly, the iPhone 8 is a basic iPhone that works great for people that don't need all this extra junk. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a good phone. It really is. I have one that I use for testing iOS updates um, and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't use it daily, but it still runs like a champ. It's a good And, and, And if I may say, I think Apple should continue to offer a phone like the iPhone 8 for the next five years at, for an entry-level product. I mean, they can call it whatever they want. They can call it iPhone Classic. Whatever it is, you know, make that, that, that bionic chip update every other year or so, every other S cycle, and sure. keep the same basic form factor with the same basic type of screen, same touch ID, same, you know, same basic single camera setup, um, entry-level iPhone at that price point that will continue to capture um, that, that price sensitive user base, but that still want to have access to Apple's services that are now becoming so much more increasingly part of their revenue stream. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we've heard rumors that in March timeframe, there should be an iPhone SE successor and that it's going to look similar to the iPhone 7, iPhone 8. I think it is the iPhone 8. I think the iPhone 8 is the SE. That's a very compelling point. Absolutely. I mean, we. We may not even have that announcement in March. They may have. It's like, it's like, you know, I like to compare this to sort of Porsche. They've always had the 911, even though they had the more expensive cars. And Fender has always had the Stratocaster, even though they have the more fancier guitars. That's, that is the symbol of their brands, those, those two products. I think the iPhone 8 is, is the classic iPhone. Yeah, and that may be, end up being what we see in March. Maybe they refresh the processor and put an A12 in it. Like they can, with the iPad, they put an A10 Bionic. That's a yeah. three-year-old processor, and they could do that with the iPhone 8, call it, you know, whatever, like you said, iPhone class. Yeah, but the iPhone 8 is still faster than most Android phones. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, just leave the processor the same and yeah. you know, increase storage or whatever. Speaking of storage, they didn't up storage the base storage amount from 64 gigs. We're still with 64 gigs. And on I the iPhone, that was ridiculous for the iPhone 11 and the Pro models because I was looking. To, I was doing my upgrade program pre-financing approval yesterday, and I saw that they had 64, and then they jumped to 256 and 512. There is no one. There is. Is there 128? 
Oh, um, there is for the iPhone 11. Not for the pros. No, the pros don't, which is funny. And to your point, they push the cameras and the video recording capabilities of the pros, but yet they give you 64 gigs of base storage. If someone's going to be recording 4K video at 60 frames per second, that 64 gig iPhone is going to be full in no time. Give us 128. Let us start at 128 gigs. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I, I can live with 128. I mean, last time I upgraded to my, I went with the 512 model uh, on this guy. And when I looked at the, do the refinancing on it, um, I wanted to keep the same basic payment around. That that brought me back to, down to a 256. Um, I could have gone for another $4 a month. I may still do the 512 anyway for another $4 <laughs> a month. But I, just the principle of having to pay more. Oh each time kind of, I want to keep it kind of the same about, you know, so like it's, it's a $5 a month difference. If I went with the, with the 512 versus a 256, I know I'm not, I, I don't even come close to using even 128 now. I mean, I, I mean, I use about 64 is what I, so 128 would be a safe amount for me to have on one of these things. But you know, it, it, it's, it's the principle. I just don't want to have to keep paying more and more and more each year. Right. Yeah. Well, you know how I feel about this and we've, we've talked about it. Uh, you know, I don't really appreciate the perpetual monthly payment for a phone for as long as I could see in the future. And that said, I do think the camera upgrades on the iPhone 11 pro, um, are enough that I am going to upgrade this year. I haven't decided which model I'm yeah. going with yet. Um, and it will have to be 100, 128 gigs instead of the 64. It's just not enough for me right now. Um, but yeah, so I am going to upgrade, even though I had been saying for the last two or three weeks, it's not going to happen. The camera upgrades have finally caught up with the Android devices that I use and enjoy to use, yeah. um, at least on paper. We'll see what really happens when we have the phones. Yeah, I want to see what the camera evaluation people, when they start making lots of side-by-side -side photos, actually say about, you know, graininess levels, low light performance and stuff. I, I'm re I am very much looking to the low light stuff because, I mean, honestly, I use the night feature on the Pixel 3 all the time. I literally, you know, my wife and I, we went to this beachside restaurant a couple of nights ago where it was pitch black outside. And I wanted to get a beach photo, show what the pier looked like. And it was literally, I mean, it's very dark. I can show you those photos, but it was dark. I tried to take up the iPhone. It's black. Yeah, or, and grainy and where it's not. But the second I turn night mode on on the Pixel 3, it almost looks like it's daytime. At, yeah. It was like nine o'clock at night. It was crazy. It's black magic, man. I'm telling you, it was yeah. literally black magic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there was one thing that Apple didn't announce yesterday. It was shown on a slide by when Phil Schiller was up talking and announcing the Pro line, uh, and it was a U1 chip that's in all three iPhone 11. Yeah, ultra wide band communications module. What are we gonna see that thing used for? So there were rumors going into it that Apple had a tile competitor tag that you could attach like your keys or put it in a bag and use ultra wideband to kind of help track where it's at. And it gives you very precise location and direction, not just, hey, it's, you know, right. 10 feet away. It's 10 feet away to your left or directly in front of you or whatever. The ultra wideband really helps with location and precise tracking. So we have this U1 chip in all three iPhones now. Apple's pages for all three iPhone 11 models only talk about using it for AirDrop, which is Apple's way of transferring files between iOS and Mac devices. You've probably been out in public and received a random picture from a stranger at some point, or used it to transfer files between your, your own devices. At yeah, sometimes I send pictures and videos to my wife of where she, she goes, can I have that picture you just took of me? I'm like, oh, okay, I'm like AirDrop, you know? I was like, yeah, I use it all the time to send pictures and stuff like that. But what Apple, the, 
the page on the iPhone 11 stuff, the, the AirDrop stuff on that page, uh, says that you can actually point your phone at the person you're trying to send it to, and it'll speed up the transfer process because you know what direction that person right. is. And it's able to make a more reliable connection. Of course, that person also has to have an iPhone 11 with a U1 chip in it. But beyond AirDrop and beyond those tracking tags, what else do you see Apple using ultra wideband in iPhones for? Well, I mean, this is a, a communications protocol that's kind of similar to Bluetooth low energy, right? I mean, it's, it's not a super fast transmission method, but it is a reliable transmission method because it can go through walls and thing, other things that, you know, 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz cannot do. Um, but obviously, you know, find my iPhone in a much more uh, reliable way. Um, if we do get these tag things that come out, right, you can attach them to your dog, you know, find my, find my dog, uh, find my, attach it to your kid's, um, you know, attach it to your, your kid's backpack. So if they, even if you're, if you're eight or nine year old kid who goes to school that you don't issue them an iPhone, you can still know where they are, right? Or, you know, so there's, there's those, those kinds of uses. I can put it on my keychain. I can put it on my, you know, my little, uh, my knapsack, whatever it is. Um, I can put, I can attach one to my car, you know, yeah. if I want to, so I can, I can see where I parked without having to use, uh, you know, I mean, they do have that feature with Google maps where you can pin your, 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 your car where you parked it, but this would be more of an automatic feature, I think built into Google maps or find my, right. It'd literally just be working all the time. Um, yeah. If you actually connect your phone, your iPhone to the Bluetooth in your car now, it knows when you park and it'll, it'll drop a pin automatically for you. But I think this would be a little bit more precise. Yeah, yeah. So we have ultra wideband chip. We don't have a 5G modem in these phones. Do you think that's the right call for Apple? Yeah, because first of all, um, there is no 5G deployment to speak of right now at any of the major carriers. I mean, they've just started to roll out test networks and things like that. There just there just isn't enough infrastructure out there to to gain value from a 5G phone that people would spend even more money on if, if they put in it, if they made a pro model with it now. I mean, so you're, you're talking about adding at least $100 or more in, 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 in module costs and component costs to a device that, well, quite frankly, no one would use. So I, I, don't, I don't think they need one at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with not having a 5G option right now. To your point, it would add a couple hundred dollars probably to the cost of the phone. Um, but there's some other factors going into it as well, not just coverage. And that is Apple and Qualcomm finally settled their little spat, spat over the last few years. You know, all the iPhones this year, I, it hasn't been verified, but I have to assume have Intel modems just like they did last year. They have, to have, they have Intel modems, but now they have full uh, IP uh, uh, rights to the, uh, the CDMA uh, microcode and, and codecs and things like that, that Qualcomm created because because Qualcomm made Apple remove a bunch of software from their phones during the, the lawsuit because of infringement on their IP. Now, presumably that is back. Now, presumably that makes uh, those connections uh, for 4G LTE and other things more reliable uh, that we were having radio issues with before. So even if they do have Intel modems, they will probably work more reliably now. That's good to know. But Qualcomm owns 5G. They own they 5G do. modems with their X50 and X55 chip. So realistically, we weren't ever going to see a 5G iPhone this year. Intel announced, you know, they were out of mobile modems well before Apple, you know, bought all the patents and did all that big deal. So it was very clear. 
But I think, and I'm okay with Apple's approach in this regard when it comes to this kind of technology. The camera stuff, I wish I would have done years ago, but Apple's approach of waiting until everything kind of irons itself out and then jumping on board, you have to worry about battery life, which they improved dramatically in the new iPhones. Um, the phones are actually- yeah, Having an extra four or five hours a day, actually, that, that really turns me on, actually. Yeah, yeah. And they increased the thickness of the phones in order to achieve that. They finally sacrificed design yeah. for functionality, something people have been asking for for years, and myself included. But how um, much did they really make it thicker? A millimeter or two? I mean, not, not a lot. Yeah, it's not much, but if you can squeeze five hours of battery life- That's worth it. That's 10S Max and the, the 11 Pro Max, I'm already getting them mixed up. Um, that five hours for a millimeter? I'll take that all day long. Let's go another and add 10 hours. I, you know, I, I don't really care. Uh, just give me a phone that lasts longer. And I already don't have battery issues. But so, you know, you, there's a lot more going into 5G overall with the iPhone and Apple's approach. I'm okay with them waiting until 2020 or even 2021 until there's an actual network that can sustain, you know, uh, being able to walk city block to city block and not have to worry about whether or not you're near an ultra wideband uh, transceiver you know, if in Verizon's case, um, or, you know, just be able to travel around and use 5G wherever you're at. It'd be super nice to have that. And right now, nobody does. Not a single carrier in the U.S. has that. They yeah, have, by the way, there is new Wi-Fi, there is new Wi-Fi technology. In the Wi-Fi 6. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, don't have, I don't have a Wi-Fi 6 access point currently, but it, that is making me wondering whether I should buy one just to test it out, just to see what, what, what kind of performance you get with that. Yeah, and you know, there'll be some that say Samsung had that back in March. What they had was Wi-Fi 6 ready modems inside, yeah. which doesn't include all of the features because the spec wasn't finalized right. at the time when they created those Wi-Fi 6 ready modems. Uh, it, it just wasn't, you know, there. Now Wi-Fi 6 has a standard. People know what to build for and how it's going to work. So I think the Note 10 had Wi-Fi 6, not Wi-Fi 6 ready. Now the iPhone 11 line has Wi-Fi 6 as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm okay. No 5G, fine with me. Uh, let's wait a year or two until it's all vetted out. Any last final thoughts about the iPhone event yesterday, Jason? No, I mean, like I said, I think, you know, a lot of people were going in with iPhone fatigue to begin with. We knew so much about these things from the leaks for months, you know, that I think that it, it kind of felt very anticlimactic. Um, I mean, I think that seeing the cameras in action um, certainly help things, um, you know, but I think a, a lot of people will not be upgrading this year just because it, it you know, if they upgraded last year uh, or the year before, it, it may not be compelling enough for them to spend that kind of money, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I don't see, I see similar sales as what we saw last year with Apple and the iPhone. Um, people like you and I who are diehards that are going to upgrade will, but outside of that, uh, you know, my wife has an iPhone 10. We've paid it off. We own it. And she's going, do I really need to upgrade? You know, I mean, and I have all the latest stuff and, and she gets to see it all the time and she's still not like enthralled with it. You know, that, that's a, and it's very anecdotal. I get that. What are they going to give? And if you were to trade that iPhone 10, in, if you go to the Apple store right now, what would they give her for that phone? I don't know. I didn't look. I don't know, look, I think we're going to keep it around as a backup yeah. just in case. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, I'll look into it and, and uh, send you a tweet or something on Twitter. But yeah, I, I don't see this being a huge upgrade cycle as well. Next year is supposed to be the, the big upgrade that iPhone has needed for the last three or four yeah. years. Um, hopefully reverse wireless charging, which we didn't, we're running out of time and we didn't have, 
really get into this today. Please, Apple, do a USB-C. But reverse wireless charging is Apple's second big miss on wireless charging. Air power and now bilateral charging was not. I honestly believe wireless charging is not what it was cracked up to be in terms of amount of wattage it can deliver to a device is just not good enough and it heats up too much stuff. I think it was supposed to be this magic, you know, panacea technology that we were expecting. And quite frankly, it has not worked out for me. I mean, I got a bunch of these pads in my house and, you know, I'll, I'll put down, you know, my, the, the, the Pixel 3, I'll put down the iPhone, I'll put down the, the Huawei, and just, it's just not charging fast enough. These phones draw more power than they do than charging. So it, it, you're basically just bleeding the phone slower versus in its regular operation. So, I mean, I can jack this sucker into my USB-C port, right? And in 20 minutes, it's at half charge. <laughs> you know? I don't agree at all. I, I use wireless charging all day long. You love your wireless chargers. I mean, I'll keep them in the thing overnight, but I mean, I just, I just, I just, I'm not seeing the benefit from it. I, I have, I have a dual pad sitting on my desk. My phones, when I sit at my desk, go on that. They're charging all day long. I don't have to worry about cables. When I get up to walk away, my phone's charged. Like I'm going to be at my desk for several hours. They might as well be charging while they're there. I have been hearing you get more wear and tear in your battery, though, by having the thing constantly sit on a pad, though, versus, and versus cable, which negotiates the, the connection. Yeah, because of the heat and, and everything that it produces, it is harder on your battery. But as someone who upgrades every year, yes. I don't care. Yes. To us, it does not matter. But to other people, it might. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jason, I think that's a pretty solid recap of the iPhone 11 event. Any final thoughts? Well, you know, at least I don't have to get up at two o'clock in the morning to order it on Friday. I just, you know, I pre-approved both myself and my wife's iPhones. It means that, you know, eight, nine o'clock in the morning after having our coffee, uh, we go right on the end of the store and hit buy and it's, it's a done deal. I don't, have to, I don't have to lose a night's sleep over this darn thing again. Yeah, good guy. Apple changed the iPhone pre-order time from, you know, midnight Pacific to 5 a.m. Pacific. So, that starts on September 13th. New iPhones arrive in the store. The man, the man rushed for the $1,300 iPhones at 8 o'clock in the morning, right? I mean, yep. In-store availability and shipments arrive September 20th. iOS 13 launches September 19th. iPad OS launches September 30th. There's a lot going on over the next few weeks with Apple and all of its products. Uh, I'm Jason Cipriani. I'm Jason Perlo. And this is Jason Squared. Look out for more stuff from us on ZDNet.com. Thank you.